With the NFL playoffs just around the corner, we are running a special discount for all of our listeners. Historically, we have crushed the postseason. Sharp Football's lifetime record is 62% in every playoff play we have provided. This year is looking to be our best year yet. In the last four weeks, we have gone 75% on all our NFL plays, heating up in time for when it matters most. Act now to get $100 off our postseason package. All you need to do is Google Sharp Football, click on the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click on the blue banner at the top to get access. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pazuda, joined here by Rich Rebar. Here we are, um, you know, week 18, coming off a very strange uh, week, obviously, um, you know, with everything that happened on Monday night and uh, DeMar Hamlin, there's been, it's just been weird to cover football a little bit. So we're going to uh, just kind of come here and, you know, we're going to cover the games, but obviously our thoughts are with what is going on uh, in Buffalo. And, you know, if you want to dive into more of that, there's, you know, plenty of, of places, I think, you know, you could be going to, to listen to a good podcast and, and the other things like everything coming out of Buffalo right now uh, is really good. The, the ringer just had a, a show with uh, Catherine Fitzgerald of the, the Buffalo news is kind of diving into DeMar Hamlin, who he is as a person and, and all of that. So obviously our, our thoughts have, have been there, uh, you know, throughout the weekend and will continue to be, you know, as we just started to record uh, Keir Elam, the cornerback of the Buffalo Bills uh, tweeted that the Hamlin has, is now awake, which is, I, I think, you know, great news considering where he was. So obviously that's going to be hanging over uh, this entire show and, and the NFL just it, going forward in general, but uh, we're just kind of going to be here do, do previewing week 18 because that is, you know, kind of what, what our jobs are at the moment. So uh, we're going to, to keep going on, but obviously that that's going to be, you know, on our minds going forward and it's kind of impossible to, to not have that hanging over. So, you know, obviously weird um, to, to be doing this, but, you know, we'll, we'll continue to go through hopefully you know continue to get good news because it kind of seems like every day we go on there's slightly better news every day so uh, it, it's been good to to hear that so with that rich here we are week 18 final week of of the regular season uh, how are we doing today i mean we are at the end of a, the, a long journey uh you know of us you know obviously you you uh, edit at the site, you know, I, I write at the site and we do uh, where we write up every game. So, I mean, we're, we're at the end of the line, 272 games written up. We're going to put a bow on it. Uh, we do do playoff content. We'll cover it on this podcast as well. But it always is kind of bittersweet when you get to week 18 and it feels like some stuff that happened really early in the season happened another year ago, right? Like we were talking about the Bucks cowboys game from week one. Like that feels... Like, you know, like, wow, it was a surreal moment. Like, what, what year did that happen in? And say, like, oh, that was the season? Okay, cool. Uh, but, yeah, we have made it here at the end, and it's kind of a weird week for the NFL. You know, they backload the schedule with all these divisional matchups, you know, try to set up a lot of these scenarios where we have all of, like, these games that matter at the end of the season. And they kind of had their limited – they were kind of limited this year in, like, games that ended up, like, kind of mattering with two teams, like, really fighting for stuff. They only have a couple play-and-win scenarios – 
Uh, and the week 18 slate kind of feels like a lot like a lot of slates that have happened this season where it's just kind of missing something. Yeah, it and I think like that was a big thing we kind of saw heading like after week 17 where it was like, what is going to be the Sunday night game? Because there, there's only one like divisional title game, right? And sometimes like we get that or there's two teams that have like a win it in. But so we have the, the Titans and Jaguars, which you kind of never thought was going to make Sunday night, especially because of what the Titans are right now and we'll get into that game so obviously Mm -hmm. that kind of left the the only game with like oh a big win it in was the packers and that does leave detroit who can be out with uh seahawks win but then you kind of have like is dan campbell really going to if if you have a team that i mean they're gonna play hard play at a hundred percent at least close to a hundred percent it's probably the dan campbell lions so like in that way i don't think like Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see like Jared Goff pulled from that game, right? Like they're no, they're still no, going no, no, to be no. playing the starters and stuff. So so obviously, yeah. But that's that's where it is. Like that we didn't have a lot of great options for what the primetime games were going to be. Um, so we we have a couple of like the win and in scenarios here. Let's we'll start with the Saturday night game because that is the I think the highest leverage because it's the only game where one team wins and they're in one team loses and they're out. Um, so we have Jaguars Titans. We were kind of talking uh, a little bit before we started recording about this game. Uh, it feels like it's about as anticlimactic as like a divisional championship game. It could be just because of the state of the Titans right now. Um, one, they're starting Josh Dobbs, which is a you know a, a voluntary thing, but even beyond that, what their entire roster is right now, um, it's just it's stricken by injuries uh, throughout the entire season. So this team, just in in many different ways, is a shell of itself and and what it was kind of at its peak when they were still doing their most Titans like thing of of winning games they probably shouldn't, making everything just kind of this titans-ish slugfest that we've seen over the past couple years they can't really do that anymore and then they're going against a jaguars team right now that's one of the better teams that is developing throughout the year so these two teams just on completely different trajectories i think the line is six and a half right now uh for the jaguars and that you know that that feels right it it doesn't really feel like this game should be as close as it might have looked even like a couple weeks ago yeah i mean the one Weird element, though, here is the disparity in rest in this game. Yeah, we had the Titans playing on Thursday last week, and they sat a lot of players in preparation for this game as well. And then the Jaguars, you know, playing on Sunday and then this game being, you know, on Saturday. So getting one less. Uh, Our our boy, uh, Sharp Angles, you know, veteran Cleve T.A. I don't know if you saw the tweet he put out on this. Uh, But there's only been 11 instances since 2000 where a team has had a minus four uh, day rest disadvantage from week 15 and on and those teams are uh you know three seven and one in those games uh so like maybe it, ma- it matters right like that 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 element just like kind of swings the the tide a little bit and makes the the titans maybe live and de- or definitely a live point spread bet too if you're if you're into that angle of it but yeah from a top town like football stance like the jags just are like where they can to where they can win in this game is where it was two weeks ago. It's like the Titans don't stop the the pass. 
they're just terrible at defending the boundaries. They're they're great against the run, and the Jaguars can just go out and, and throw the football, and that's what we're going to probably see. The Jaguars' defense isn't very good, though, either, so maybe Josh Dobbs opened some things up. Uh, that game a few weeks when they played, the Jaguars had four turnovers, or the Titans had four turnovers in that game. So if they just protect the football a little bit better, maybe they're drawn live. They were up early in that game, but, yeah, uh, this definitely seems like uh, a scenario where you see a lot of run back of Trevor Lawrence really spreading the ball around to, you know, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, uh, and the, the Jaguars kind of pass their way to, to the lead here. Yeah, it um, it absolutely kind of seems that way. And and it's one of those things where the, the Jaguars have been this team over at least the past couple of weeks and really, the, you know, the back half of the season where they they're a team that's going to, you know, pick out your weakness. Um, and then they're going to find like a couple different ways to it, exploit it. And for the the Titans to to not have a good secondary uh, right now, a uh, very injured secondary, uh, and they've kind of, you know, like I said, been a been a pass funnel most of the season. Um, Those teams should like they a, should they should be worse against the run. They should invite like, hey, we should try to give up some five yard runs. <laughs> so that yeah, that is that is one of the things. Um, you know, we we've had a couple teams like that over you know the, the past couple years where yeah, yeah. You probably should be the, the teams that are just scaring teams against the run. Um, uh, just on principle. Um, is it kind of hurts you, especially when when you are a team that that doesn't have a, a good secondary. I think we kind of saw that a little bit like early season last year of the Bucks uh, before they they kind of settled down. It's it teams where it just by reputation you don't want to run against them. Uh, it kind it kind of hurts them. But this is going to be a Jaguars team right now that like if you tell Doug Peterson that he doesn't have to run the ball at all, it, like. There, I don't. I'm not sure if there's a coach like more a game for that. Um, so I, I think that's kind of what we're going to see. And uh, you know, it, it is interesting over the past you know, couple weeks, the the Jaguars have played like a little better. Um, I would say on defense, it, it's been it's been hit. Or we're miss. getting turnovers. Uh, yes, and I think like that that's a place where they really didn't um, over the past over the first, you know, really stretch of the season. So even though like they might not be playing, you know, quite as, as sound as, as maybe they were, um, it's still kind of been a place where, you know, since week 14, they're number one in EPA per play um, you know, on defense. So it's just obviously like the, those turnovers that have helped uh, they've, they've, been you know they've been blitzing a little bit they've been able to you know create pressure um you know obviously some of that has gone into you know who they have been playing uh because you look like the the chargers are, are number two in that and that's been helped by you know some of yep. the the offenses that they've played over in the past like four weeks um we'll but save that they, one for next week right um the chargers defense. yeah I, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about chargers defense there'll be discourse ahead <laughs> I just keep telling myself I, I will I won't fall for it. I'm not gonna do it. Oh, you're in, baby. I'm, I'm pulling you back. I'm, I'm gonna do it. Um yeah, so <laughs> it's one of those things where like the, the Jaguars have, have been at least fine, right? Like they haven't been terrible uh, on defense. And and even if you're playing like this high variance version with what the offense is right now, like that's that's going to be fine. 
Um, so I think you can kind of play that way, get away with being successful. I think like the only thing that's going to stop them is if Derrick Henry runs for like 500 yards. Um, and I just don't. And really that think first game he ran for ran for 100 yards in the first quarter, 96. He had 96 yards in the first quarter, and then 25 yards the rest of the game. Uh, game script kind of helped at least limit the opportunities because we know that's what they want to do, right? They want to come out and run the football. Josh Jobs at least gives them the opportunity to call a traditional passing game, like we saw on Thursday. Like they kind of just threw out there, like we want to at least press and see if we can run some things. And they had a chat, and like some guys dropped some balls for Dobbs in that game too. Um, and you know, there's obviously a lot of backups playing, not an offense, but uh, at least they know if, if they do have to throw, they can at least have that element where they can at least call the plays where they couldn't in weeks before with Blake Willis. Yeah, that's the other thing with like Malik Willis, they never like fully went into a Malik Willis offense, right? So, but it's hard to do on like the a, fly. a half in, right? Um, yeah, it just kind of seemed like do you look at like the Ravens, like the Ravens have there. always, is always, like the, yeah. You know, the, the Ravens are always structured like their backups to be similar where they could try to run a shell of the offense they're already running, right? And like when you have a backup that's unique like Malik Willis compared to, you know, and, and they run some RPO stuff with Ryan Tano, but like, you know what I mean? They're completely like Malik Willis is, he needs an offense completely predicated around his skill set, like you said. And it's hard to have that for the backup quarterback, you know? So they didn't do a great right. job, and, but also like <laughs> their, their hands Yeah, and, are and Ryan, t- and there's a, a- a very specific Ryan Tannehill offense also. Right. Um, so I think when you, when you have those two things clashing against each other, it, it, it can be kind of tough, but yeah, it kind of seems like there's, there's just been a, a weird. And the offensive line has been miserable the whole year. That's also true. Yeah. That, that's one of the places where they've had injuries, like from the start of the season, really. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's been uh, something that, that has really hurt them. So uh, we're just kind of getting to the point. Uh, like, we had a very long Jaguars discussion, like, uh, you know, about, like, three-quarters of the way through the season of how, like, this could happen. And uh, and here we are, sitting. I was in, man. I, I, on the verge. I tried to sell people. I tried to sell people when they were two and six that they could win the division. And then I remember when, in week 11 when we did this show prior to the bye, I was like, they're going to be, like, one of the best teams to watch out of the bye. So listen, I, I got I get a lot wrong. Uh, we'll take one. I can't hedge now. I got to cheer for the Jags to, to bring this home and bring these tickets home because I'm not gonna cash out on them yet. Yeah, it. it I think it, it's pretty safe. Um, I mean, the rest though, the rest is a big deal. You never know; weird things can happen. Yeah, it, it, that's true. I mean, if, if there's one thing uh, the 2022 season has taught us, <laughs> some weird things uh, can happen. Um, all right, so the Sunday slate is is interesting. Um, it, it's hard to, I think, talk about Ravens Bengals without completely like knowing what's going on outside of it, right? Like we yeah. we don't really know what. Now, obviously, like because they need a few things important. to happen. Right, and obviously not the most important thing, like coming out of that Bengals game. But it, it, what the the either the result of Bills Bengals like is going to be, what that does for the record, it, it does kind of hang over what this game kind of means uh, in terms of at least the the playoff race, where uh, this game could have potentially been for uh, the AFC North. Um, 
it's probably not going to be the case now, depending on, you know, what the, what the impact is, uh, coming out of whatever they decide, uh, is going to just be whatever the, the result is from, uh, week 17, um, both of these teams are going to be making the playoffs, so I, I, it doesn't really matter. But I think all that much, so it is kind of hard to kind of grasp whatever this game like really means in in terms of you know what the playoffs are going to be. Um, with all of yeah, that, remember we saw the Chiefs too it. on Saturday too, like because the Chiefs on right. Saturday, them winning, there's like such an over, uh, you know, they, they overcast so much on, you know, what happens in the Bengals and Bills games too, especially if that game doesn't get made up. So there's just a lot of elements that just aren't in the the hands of, of the Bengals, you know, and the outcome of this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I don't, I don't really think we need to discuss the the Chiefs game really that much. I, I don't no. find the Raiders that interesting. Like the Jared Siddham thing, like really didn't, do anything for me like it's it was fine um i mean that, listen the, the one thing that probably does that game will probably end up a lot closer than people think i mean the, the chiefs i think are one nine and one against the spread their past 11 games like they're gonna let some teams hang around so it, it, at least hopefully we get a, a good run out here i know a lot of people have, have hit the over in that game and are, are counting on points so hopefully it's just enter, entertaining in that that regard but uh, yeah, yeah. If, if the Chiefs serve and they win this game, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has, has never lost a road division playoff game ever in his career. So we'll, we'll count on that. We'll say like that there's pretty good odds them as nine point favorites are at least going to win that game and, and heading into this one. How do the Bengals handle it? Do the Bengals even play their guys full time in this game? I think that that's still a question. I mean, obviously the number two seed is still in play. They're going to want to play for that, I believe. But how much pushback do they get? I mean, this Ravens offense... We've talked about it. We talked about it in early in the year when Lamar was playing well. And then in the middle of the year, when teams started to figure out Lamar and Lamar just kind of cooled off a little bit. Like he just wasn't going to play at that pace that he was the, the opening weeks. And then now we're in back into this, like no Lamar Jackson, everything's exposed. We can't move the football state of the Ravens again. And do the Ravens even press the Bengals? Yeah. And I, so that's like the place where, this Ravens thing. And uh, I, I tweeted a little bit about this on, on Sunday night. Cause I, I don't agree with kind of how it was framed on the broadcast when they were talking about it. I think like there's still a very big portion of just the people who consume the NFL that frame the Ravens offense as it needs to be this specific type of offense because of Lamar Jackson. And that's just not yeah. true. Uh, this this offense this type of offense works because Lamar Jackson is so good that he has been able to carry whatever this offensive structure has been like just because you have Lamar Jackson does not mean like you can't have wide receivers like that that's been a choice right (laughs) but like it it feels like we like it's been it's talked about that in some way that like because you have Lamar Jackson like you shouldn't invest in wide receivers uh, and it should only be tight ends and running backs and not having a passing game is like a, a function of what Lamar Jackson brings to the offense. And like, that's, that's just not true. Um, so on top of not having any wide receivers, there's no good passing like schemes or concepts uh, in this offense. And Lamar Jackson, because he is so good, has been able to carry this as far as he's been able to do. And this coming from the, the top 
Tyler Huntley uh, defender here, um, like it's very clear the difference between a Lamar Jackson running this type of offense and what not Lamar Jackson means to this offense. And like, it's, it's a shit offense and it, it takes a, a quarterback as talented as Lamar Jackson to even make it look somewhat competent. Um, so just kind of the, the framing of like, you need to build it this way because of Lamar Jackson. It's just it, right. absolutely not. And I like, we're, we're seeing that. Um, Lamar Jackson has, has done so much to lift what that offense is. And, and hopefully there, there's going to be some changes. Like there's, <clears throat> there's kind of got to be. Hopefully we see him in the point. playoffs. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's what it is. Hopefully, you know, he comes back. Hopefully they, you know, just yeah, kind of have something changed up here. Uh, because I think we, we kind of have seen the, the conundrum that the Ravens are in uh, a little bit where the offense is just it is not good and it's so much built around one singular superstar bailing them out and i think we've just kind of seen what it 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 is when like i think tyler huntley can be fine in an offense like he can we saw it at least a little bit even last year kind of when they had a little more talent around them um, but in this specific offense, it's just like it, it shows you how good Lamar Jackson is. Like he hasn't been practicing this week, so we're not going to see him this Sunday. Um, and how far the Ravens can go and what this means is is all about the, how healthy he can be in the playoffs because so much of it just kind of comes down to to him because they, they need him to bail them out all the time. Um, that's a lot to put on a quarterback. Um, but it, we, we've had this discussion a, a lot on this podcast, oh, yeah. but it just kind of yep. the, the, the way it was framed on Sunday night, I kind of, again, like hit a nerve where it's just, it's just not true. Um, saying like, it needs to be this way because of Lamar Jackson. It's just, it's a bunch of crap, but yeah, yeah, it's so gonna be fun to follow that the, into the off season, the Lamar Jackson situation. Like, There's definitely something else what? going on. Yeah, I mean, I think it is interesting because I, I, you know, if Lamar Jackson had an agent, maybe the agent would, you know, push him to sign, you know, something that has already been, it's been offered, yeah. presented. But it, it kind of just seems like Lamar is, is very like, you know, you're giving Deshaun Watson that contract. Like I'm fucking better than Deshaun Watson. Um, and he hasn't been and vocal on it, but like the things that we talked right. about, like have to exist, right? Like there has to be an element of like come on like what the hell are we doing here yeah yeah you, you would think so it's the ravens i think are one of the most fascinating teams for the offseason because you know it's probably going to end in a franchise tag which is going to be the, the sure. most anticlimactic way of it but how they get there and and what the discussions are leading up to that point uh, i think are, are going to be uh, very interesting so yeah and they continue to build this i mean it, there's been really it's this is a multi-year effort how we got here like this isn't something that just happened and this for yeah. what we talked about with this offense like it this is we all saw this in the offseason we saw it for multiple years coming um and it's yeah it's a bummer that rashad bateman got hurt right like it really is uh, but we knew that the depth behind Rashad Bateman was terrible. We knew that Mark Andrews was absolutely going to have regression from last to how he finished last year. Um, yeah. And, and here we are. All those things happened. Here we are. Throwing to Demarcus Robinson and Deshaun Jackson. 
I mean, they, did you see like last week? They're like they're even in snaps. Like their highest wide receiver was that uh, like his like highest route per dropback rate was like sixty percent. Like they're not even they're not even their receivers are so bad that they're not even using wide receivers anymore. They're just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's it's not right. <laughs> it's it's not. I've never seen a game where like uh the like the team's leading wide receiver wasn't even on the field for like greater than two thirds of the snaps. I was just like, all right, yeah, they've just they've just abandoned even trying to to like we like we'll just use tight ends. <laughs> yeah. Um so I guess we, we can lead into I don't know how much we want to get into the Steelers because the, the Steelers with the win against the Ravens um have like the, the outside chance right they need everyone to lose and they win um patriots and dolphins are the losses they need like it it's so i think 538 gives them a 15 percent chance um and and kevin clark of the ringer has like a 15 percent uh chance rule where uh, if anything is 15 percent, it's actually 100 percent um because there <laughs> there was just like a stretch of a whole bunch of things that have like a 15% chance of, of happening just like throughout the world in politics and in sports um <laughs> so the the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a 15% chance to make the playoffs kind of guarantees them a playoff shot here so but like it is a realistic 15% when you do look at what the the Patriots have to lose uh the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson have to lose right. um it, I mean it's not it's, hard to get to the scenario the hardest thing i think for them is actually winning this game it's winning yep which, which is so the Kenny Pickett. The Browns thing. are better. The Browns are a better football team than the Steelers. Yeah. So I want to talk about Kenny Pickett for, for a little bit because I, I think we've kind of had this two weeks in a row where he has played. I'm not even going to say not well. Like he has played bad He's for, like that, three, for three quarters and then has like two <laughs> weird drives that uh, pull out wins. Um, and that was the case against the ravens like he was bad for for three quarters um and then had like two wild throws um the the post um on that the one drive yeah, the and then the, the touchdown yeah, throw. The um, the <laughs> yeah yeah so like he, he does have that in him um you know i, I think the the it, that's another place where you know the offense hasn't completely helped um because like that's just it's not a fun it, you know nine motions to run a three yard hitch uh, is kind of you know still what the the Matt Canada thing is or you know just go routes down the sideline that have you know very small chance of of success and that's kind of just what the, the Steelers have been it's still very much like a, a Roethlisberger esque uh, type offense that they they have been running um, so I, I still have you know some concerns with with Kenny Pickett I, I, I'm not coming away with in the past, you know, two games, like, I think there's, there's been a rush to be like, Oh, he's, he's it. And it's just like, mm, I don't know if I'd, I'd go that, that quickly, but so the Steelers, at least like they're again, like one of these teams that's going to hang in games because they are well coached. Um, at least, you know, from, from the top down, we, you know, have concerns. It's about weird offense, because we, you know, I've seen teams, a lot right? of, it's weird because I've seen a lot of like Tomlin for coach of the year stuff. And it's weird because the Steelers are well coached from the stance of like what uh, a head coach like does for like, um, you know, communication, player motivation stuff. But like the Steelers aren't a necessarily well coached football team from like a playing football stance. Yeah. 
And that's weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird to like it's weird to talk about that because like Tomlin is really good at the things like you would want a head coach to be good at, but also really bad at a lot of things you'd want a head coach to be good at. Yeah, yeah. There's there's sometimes there's you know the game management things and and stuff like that, but it it is one of those things where they are well coached to the extent where like games aren't aren't going to get out of hand at least. Right. And it's kind of like in, in that type of, of situation. So even if, you know, the Browns probably are better in. So the Browns are interesting because, you know, they, they had their best game on offense last week, but it still has not been a good offense since. Um, no rhythm. They got no rhythm. Yeah. Um, you know, since they, they moved on from Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, that, that was an offense that was kind of clicking a little bit. It, it has not been good since, um, but then on the other side of the ball, the the defense is kind of you know turned around over the the second half of the season. We kind of have seen at least the talent that we expected them to have has gelled a, a little bit more. The secondary has been you know playing better. Um, you know they got a little healthier. Grant Delpit's been playing uh, real well uh, in the back end at safety after he had kind of a, a rough first half of the season uh uh, miles garrett is at least doing you know miles garrett things so you you have kind of that talent that at least is you know singularly taking over uh, a little bit at a time which has helped the browns over you know the the second half of the season where the defense has been much better than it was um the earlier in the year uh so you know this is an interesting game just kind of you know feeling out where these teams you know might think they are you know the the browns don't have a lot of places to go because of the contract they they handed out and and kind of what uh their cap is going to look like going forward um and the steelers do you know it, it need this game and like you said it's it's a 15 percent chance but it is a very realistic you know 15 percent chance i don't necessarily know if like the steelers are the team i want to see in the playoffs but it, it certainly can happen <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are there. But I mean, you look at this from like a lot of, you know, a lot of stance of, you know, whether you use EPA or DVOA. I mean, there's just outright almost across the board, the Browns are better than the Steelers. And the performance hasn't, the results haven't bore that out. Uh, you know, a couple of things went to Steelers way, a couple of things went against the Browns. But I mean, I mean, the Browns definitely, I, I show that this, this should be kind of a pick them on a neutral field. Uh, so or a pick them on a road for the Browns on a road and they'd be favored, you know, at home. So I, mean, I think they're definitely live. I think this is the biggest obstacle. Uh, Kenny Pickett's never thrown multiple passing touchdowns in any game yet. The biggest thing for him is we did this with Daniel Jones a little bit earlier. Now Daniel Jones is playing a lot better now this back half of the year, but like they just haven't turned the ball over. And it's just happened. Right. That's been the, that's been the, the the thing for the Steelers is they just haven't turned the ball over. Uh, and when you don't turn the ball over, you can hang in games. You know, obviously they got T.J. Watt back and they're able to kind of uh, hang with some of these teams. Then you just look at who the Steelers have played right since they've come back. Like, you know, they haven't played anybody. They haven't played anybody good that, that can score like that, that can score points. And that that's kind of been that's why these games are able to stay close. Right. If you don't turn the ball over against teams that can't score points, you're probably going to play some close games. Right. So that, that's just where, where we've been at the Steelers. But I mean, no one believes the Steelers can punch up and hang with like really any of these big teams in the in the AFC. So I, I'm with yeah. you uh for the for them like getting in i mean it's a bummer because i don't think that there is whoever gets that spot now that the dolphins are kind of we believe are the like are probably not going to get it like whoever ever all those teams that get that last spot feel like largely sacrificial lambs like do we believe they can win one game let alone multiple games are you betting the patriots win multiple playoff games are you betting the steelers win multiple playoff games not chance not chance 
Yeah, I. It's tough because you know the Dolphins. I think still with a healthy Tua, like could be that team, but like it, it there's no guarantee. Like if they make the playoffs, if he's even back for the first round, or, or how healthy he's going to be, or how comfortable he would be if he's on the field, which is you know a whole other discussion of you know right. someone who has had that many like, serious diagnosed concussions uh, this season. It, it's so that's it's a rough place you know for the Dolphins to be. Like they they would be that team, but yeah, you're right. Like that that seven seed in the AFC like doesn't look great at the moment, but it, we do have a, a top of the AFC. That's, that's a lot of fun. Like, especially oh, yeah. even if we like go down to, you know, what, what the charges are like, but that's why we need Lawrence to get fun, in. Right? Uh, that's why yeah. we need La- the Jags to win instead of the Titans. So it's not, uh, you know, cause even if Tannehill comes back, you know, we're, we're, we're lowering the QB upside of the pool. You know, with AFC, we wanted that that loaded that loaded front of quarterbacks, where it's just like, man, all these teams are just they're helmed by all these really good quarterbacks. They can explode at any given moment. We want to limit the as many of the uh, the Kenny Pickett's and Josh Dobbs scenarios as we can. Yeah, yeah. So you know, right now when you look at the the AFC from the top down, it's you know Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Uh, if the Jaguars get the fourth seed, it's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it's Justin Herbert. And and Lamar Jackson, uh, if he comes back, and then you have that that seventh seat. So yeah, um, there are a lot of fun things from that the AFC side here. Um, and the Steelers will be interesting. Their off season too to see what happens at these. Uh, you know, if Matt Canada is someone they have to move on from, because it's hard to even take that offense serious with what the what they do. <laughs> yes, I mean, all their all it, their receivers run is go hard. routes. All their receivers do is run go routes, and they don't even throw vertically. Like this, it's the most amazing thing. Like uh, I was looking at Kenny Pickett's run or uh, George Pickens. I would say, yeah, George Pickens has run almost a hundred more go routes than the next closest rookie wide receiver. He leads the NFL in go routes. Deontay Johnson is seventh in go routes. Now, how many go routes have you seen Deontay Johnson catch this year? So <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a lot. So we, can we have the, uh, Deontay Johnson uh, discussion here. Um, 137 targets, 84 receptions, zero touch. zero touchdowns. It will um, be the most targets in a season without a tud if he can get there. Seal the deal, Deontay. Don't get us this far. It's yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. <laughs> like it, it really like nobody is. fell like, down. That is a that is a feat. Yeah, he like, had one called back ex- right against the jets earlier in the year i think he had one and had just stepped out of bounds it's it's, it's crazy um i it, that's a feat um, it is it's, it's definitely an accomplishment i don't know if it's an accomplishment for him uh for the surroundings uh for, but to me that should be for, like on that canada right it's a group effort it is a, a group effort, <laughs> group effort. Everyone, everyone involved um and so it was if, nice to if see anything, anything he, like that's, he actually he actually caught a pass on Sunday night and went upfield with it, which was nice to see uh, him do. Cause he, he is prone to want to just run backwards when he catches the football. That is, that is also true. Um, <laughs> I think when, when you look at like his, uh, you know, yards perception and, and yards, like after the catch per reception, they are like, they're just kind of wild numbers. Um, he's an interesting just, player really because it, yeah. he's really tremendous at getting open. Like he, he gets open on everybody, but he's not like, yeah, which, is, which is supposed to be the hard part. 
Yes, yeah, so he's not great yeah. after the catch. He's not great at contested catches, but like the dude gets open, and uh, yeah, he's he's very interesting. On, on the opposite, George Pickens is the opposite. Like he is terrible at getting open, but like he makes the hard stuff look really easy. Like yeah. you know, like he he makes the the you know he's he's a little bit of that Mike Williams gene, but I think he's definitely not on the Mike Williams spectrum of of talent. But he is that Mike Williams gene of like I I, I don't do necessarily the easy stuff great, but like the hard stuff. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be there. there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so it's it's interesting, kind of looking at you know some of these other games. Like Philly still has to play for the number one seed. They the are the Giants. Thing? Like, how much are you even buying Dayball? Like, there's no reason Saquon Barkley should even touch shoulder pads this weekend. No, no, I and he probably won't. Um, so that's. I don't, I can't imagine they, especially with the injuries like they've had at, at this point. Um, we're we're going to see a, a lot of Tyra Taylor. We're going to see a lot of uh, like Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell. Um, I'm not sure what they do at receiver because the, the backups are already playing. They just don't have the backups are <laughs> so like, Oh, we, we might see a lot of Kenny Galladay. Yeah, it is a big Kenny G game. Let's run him out. So yeah, we've we've gotten to somehow we've gotten to the point of the season where you know the Kenny Galladay is going to get all his snaps because uh, Richie James isn't going to play. Uh, he still doesn't have a touchdown with the Giants, the Giants, right? It's... I don't believe so. He's probably got yeah, a reception let's... with the Giants. Well, he does um, have a reception, but uh... <laughs> right, but yeah, it's not a lot. Um, we got to get him a ton. I'm here for the Kenny Galladay garbage time touchdown of Week 18. Stack uh, does Tyrod Taylor, uh, Kenny Galladay stacks. There we go. Uh, um, yeah, man. He hasn't yeah, so, actually. He actually hasn't scored a touchdown since week four of twenty twenty. It's a lot of time, man. <laughs> Got like seventy two million dollars. Um, because for some reason, I thought he signed that he was a free agent after the year he had the big year, but it was actually the year after when he sat out most of the year uh, with the yep. Yeah. Yes, it okay. was. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. There we go. So that's, that's what the Giants have been working with. Uh, he's going to play, though. He's going to play. The, you're right. He's going to be out there this week. He's going mean, to be 30 yeah, years old next year, too. He is the backup. Yeah. And he's going to so. be 30 next year. That's an all time run out. Yeah, it really is. Um, well, someone in this so, receiver class is getting a terrible contract because this wide receiver free agent class is bad. Yeah, and it's you know, kind of one of those things. Like you, I think we, we we talked about it where the the trade wide receivers aren't really there either in, in the way they were last year. We don't really have those guys coming after their second contracts, looking for a third. You're probably not going to have a lot of guys on their first contracts with teams that aren't going to be willing to pay them. And I think kind of what we saw from this past year, like even with like the AJ Brown thing is like, if you have that guy, like pay him. Um, right. So even if there, there were teams that like might have, uh, you know, leaned toward not doing that. I think we kind of saw like the impact AJ Brown has, um, it, you pay him. And, and so, Really, the only guy that I think is kind of interesting in that front is T. Higgins, just because the Bengals, are, yeah, like have to know they like. Yeah, Jamar we, we Chase talked about Burrow that. Coming. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we talked we talked about that last week. So he's going to be interesting. DeAndre Hawkins is potentially interesting, but you know, obviously on the older side, the the suspension, the 
has some injuries now. Um, you know, he's uh, Trey Cannon. It, yeah, it's it's not great for what at least uh, appears to be the the first look at at the wide receiver market just in general. Um, but you know, I always get some some surprising That's things. Right. So some will shake out. We'll we'll, we'll see you there. Yeah. Um, so as we move on here, like you know, it, I think we're we should expect Seattle to win, which does. It kind of lose the luster of, of some of the the Sunday night game, but we'll dive into a Sunday night game because it it should be fun. Like if the Lions do play to their full extent, like and I still think they they will regardless of right. you know what their playoff outlook is by the time the game starts. It should be a fun game. Um, the Packers, we're we're here again. Um, the the Packers are interesting because like the offense has not. The offense has been fine, right? It's been like efficient, but not in like a, a flashy way, really. They're they're doing some small stuff. Like Rogers is still trying to throw bombs when like you really probably shouldn't. Um, you know, sometimes the run game works, sometimes it doesn't. Kind of depends on how involved Aaron Jones is, and and he's been kind of up and down with you know injuries and involvement over the past couple weeks. The defense last week. Uh, they came alive a, a little bit and, and I'm not sure if they were just so focused. They did what we said, what they, they, they never do. Right. And are so they gonna like, alter, are they going to adapt? Yeah. So, so that's kind of my question heading into this game is did they, were they just so hyper-focused on the Vikings where they said, we need to jam Justin Jefferson at the line every single chance we get, because they, they have done, not a, a lot of that, but when you look at, uh, and I put some clips in first and 10, like and whoever Justin Jefferson was, was lined up against like those guys. And it wasn't just like a jam. They weren't just playing press. Like they were full on. They were like run blocking Justin Jefferson. Like that is the type of contact they were trying to get Jefferson off the line. Just kind of disrupt absolutely everything he was doing. And, and obviously it worked. Um, they were playing playing a lot of you know uh, like cloud coverage over to his side. There was going to be a, a safety over the top, no matter where he was on the field, where he was lined up, whether that was a slider outside. There was going to be a safety over the top looking. Um, but one of the other things is um, over the past, I think, four weeks, three of Green Bay's top four games in you know playing cover six has been in the past couple of weeks. So there has been a little bit of a shift in like what they have been doing. Um, so if you kind of look at you know, some of the, the Fangio stuff and some of the, you know, adapting they've done, there has been a little bit, it hasn't been, you know, quite as successful. Um, you know, the, the defense isn't playing well, but I think we, we saw signs of it there against the, the Vikings, but that, that is my question of, was this just so hyper-focused on we need to win this game against the Vikings? They have this very singular player that we need to scheme for. And if we don't, he's going to run all over us. You know, the Lions Which don't also necessarily... showed that what that offense has outside of him too. Right. Um, yeah. It's... <laughs> so there were, Justin there were Jefferson some... just they doing a lot of lifting. Vikings ain't looking so hot. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it was tough because, like, e- even with so much uh, for Jefferson, uh, yeah, it like there there wasn't really a, the the Thielen stuff wasn't happening. They were still fairly good at covering T.J. Hawkinson, um, you know, who has been you know their their second guy uh, since he came over from the trade. Um, 
yeah, it, it was not not a good look for for the Vikings. But what is interesting is the the Lions don't necessarily have that guy, right? Like Amon Ross St. Brown is is great, but he's not going to beat you in the same ways that Justin yeah. Jefferson does, and and it's not going to like you need the same type of defense um and just jefferson is like he's going to get open because like he's really good um you know st brown is, is going to do that also it, it, obviously in a different way but detroit is so good at taking advantage of space and scheming things open so i am very interested in what that dynamic is going to be uh because these are two very different offenses that the Packers will be facing. Um, and, and I think you still have, you know, Detroit's doing some fun things. They had the, the end around to, um, or the, the reverse to um, Jameson. Jameson Williams that went to, to 40. So they're, they're starting to incorporate some, some other elements there. Um, you know, you had Jamal Williams, not just running like at the goal line, had uh, 140 yards uh, on the ground, so they're they're still incorporating the Bears will do some that. fun stuff. The Bears like to do that. It's also true. <laughs> yeah, but like the Packers can also, right? So it's true. Like, there's there there is a place where like some of that that running in and play action, uh, it, it could potentially be a concern. So, um, I, I'm very interested to see like what the Packers do here on defense whether you know they have figured out some way to at least adapt um and, and not just run like the same stuff they've been doing like obviously you're not going to defend the lions the same way you did the vikings but if you're just you know, doing something different um that, that'll probably help and if they're not um i'm not sure it's going to be hard i think to stop the lions offense and it, it yeah, kind of puts the packers in the same place they have been well i mean they could we're, we could be setting up another Packers 49ers first round playoff game too uh we know how those have gone uh in recent years uh that's that that's like the the outcome on the other side if they get through this right uh and it's yeah. interesting too this this game because you have the obviously the the, the golf like set up here uh golf didn't play well when these teams played earlier in the year the Packers didn't play well when they played but like they moved the football up and down the field they averaged almost six yards per play and they just had bad red zone turnovers. Like this was the game Rodgers threw two red zone interceptions. The yeah. first Hutch- the first Hutchinson interception of the season, which was like a pass to David Bakhtiari. Uh, we pulled that one out at the right time. Right. Um, um, but like the Packers moved the ball up and down the field in that game. They had three turnovers that kind of shot themselves in the foot. And that's what it all comes down to here. Like as we've talked to this Lions team over the course of the season is like their defense just isn't any good. And I expect the Packers to move the football here. And the Packers play like this ultimate bend but don't break defense. Like they, the, the defense looks terrible for a couple of drives, and they look awesome for a few drives. Um, and I expect we'll see much, much of the same here in this game. So I still think the Packers are, have an edge here, just because the worst unit on the field is the Detroit defense, and they just haven't stopped enough people this year. Yeah, that's that's pretty much, and like they've. They've run into you know a couple you know splash plays over the past uh, you know couple weeks and, and that's kind of what they can has rush them the passer on that's defense. Like the one yeah. good thing they do, but yeah, yeah, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's you know it been all right, um, you know not not consistently great, but does have those, those splash plays. Uh, counting you know, stats. James Houston uh, is the most efficient uh, pass rush specialist uh, 
in the league, he's been a lot of fun. Like when he's on the field, he's like going to get a sack, uh, which is has, has been fun to see because like the, they also haven't been fluky. Like he's like legitimately like can put some moves on um, and get to the quarterback, which is which is fun. But yeah, the the, the secondary is still not great. Jeff Coot has been been up and down. Uh, Jerry Jacobs has played well, but again, it's just like it's it's a lot of you know pieces that just haven't really kind of meshed all that well together yeah when these uh, and, teams played earlier still... in the year the packers had 390 total yards of offense it's the fifth most they've had in a game all year and only had nine points which is the second fewest points they score all year if they push for 400 yards again i guarantee you they're gonna have more than nine points on sunday night yeah yeah that, that probably is it is going to be the case so there we go so uh, just to kind of run it down the packers win and they're in mm-hmm. um at the with a Packers loss and a Seahawks win, the Seahawks are in. Um, with the Packers and Seahawks loss, the Lions are in. Um, there's there's a lot going on here, so we're we're going to get you know, and we'll know the, what the Seahawks did already. Yeah, with with the Seahawks <laughs> playing earlier, they're they're playing the Rams. Um, kind of should expect them to win. I think like, Baker's had a couple moments. Yeah, like if it does, it's been fun where like mcveigh has kind of just dusted off the the golf playbook um and like it can still win that way so um obviously not last week where the, the chargers just ran up on them but um yeah it, yeah it'll he should stay I would there say, yeah maybe yeah yeah i mean yeah, but probably a no, good, one's, yeah, no one's signing him to be a starter though right like maybe in a competition but no one's signing him to be a starter right there's we're, we're gonna get like it's sam darnold should be a starter like someone is writing uh, that um like, there's gonna be a knows, lot like, of a lot of competitions this year man it's wide open again we're getting a lot of qb rollover again this year yeah it, it does kind of appear that way so um like, so like maybe if, someone maybe someone has to trade for brock purdy yeah there we go so yeah, we were talking about that earlier about the the 49ers win in the Super Bowl, which just it brings the most chaos to I think the the entire quarterback uh, the conversation here with it, even the 49ers like doing well. I think if you get get the Purdy, Lance, and and Jimmy Garoppolo three headed there, that is just gonna be wild. So uh, we we are going to have a lot of you know fun off season uh, discussions here. Um, but here we are at the end of the regular season. We we have made it. Um, and thank everyone for for listening uh, throughout the the regular season. We're going to be back with with fun playoff content as it goes through. Um, as we can kind of you know hyper focus on fewer games. Uh, I think we'll that'll be a lot of fun. We'll Rich still going to have uh, worksheets coming out on all the playoff games, so you can be following around for for all of that. Um, yeah, there's going to be no shortage of content as we get into the playoffs. Still going to be the same amount of content for for fewer games. So uh, that's it's always fun um, as we get into what all of those are going to be. So um, again, you can uh, read the worksheet right now for week 18. Um, some games are, are condensed because they they don't really have a lot. There's still some very full games. Like if you read the the write up of uh, of Lions Packers, uh, which we just went through, that is still it's like one of the most full worksheet games like uh, of the season. So, uh, still a, a lot of good content uh, coming your way there if you head to sharpfootballanalysis.com. 
Again, uh, you can find Rich on Twitter at WhatReebs. You can find me on Twitter at Zampasuda. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.